You're listening to episode 238 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our look at season four of TNT's The Librarians. And, dude, I'm I'm considering turning my air conditioner on upstairs for tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we uh we we got we got to the point where we we turned the uh the heat off and opened up some windows. So uh that's about as far as I've gone so far. 77 degrees today. Yeah. And it was about 47 yesterday, so in February, yeah. It's going to be yeah, we'll we'll have snow next week probably. <laughs> probably. Although I looking ahead, I guess it's the spring coach in me and uh it's looking good for March 1st anyway. So Okay, yeah, that's that's all that matters, that first week of March. So, all right, well... Bu- get all your tryouts oh, in. Exactly. All right, before we get too far, I, I want to address the titling issue we had with last week's episode, because I said Grave of Time, and you immediately corrected me that it should be Graves of Time, and yep. I saw different outlets titling it both ways, so I think, all right, I'll go to TNT's press site, they have it listed as Grave of Time. Really? Yeah, so f- I'm positive at the beginning of the show it said Grave. It, it, it did. So I finally went back to the episode okay. itself. And when the title appears, it is indeed Graves of Time. Now, that said, you could make a case that either would work. You know, the library has placed Nicole in a grave of sorts. But then, of course, sure. she has her own graves scattered around the world. But I just found yes. it interesting that, that even the press site had it incorrect. So somebody's head yeah, needs to roll. Yeah, definitely. All right. That's pathetic. Now, there's also been a lot of talk, uh, as there is every year, about what... You no, know, what's sad what, is that you put way more thought and effort into the, getting it right than the people at TNT did. Well, that's a good point as well. And don't even get me started on some of these news sites like CNN and... and uh, you know, New York Times. All right, all right. Well, no, 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 just about. How about Fox? Well, no, no, no. Do you throw Fox uh, in there with that list? That's not what I'm not. Uh, not what they're saying. The mistakes they're making, <laughs> okay. like in headlines, right. where it, it's just sure. Oh yeah. yeah does yeah, nobody yeah. proofread these? And, and and again, even like you know, you know, with your school paper, you could make a mistake on the website, but as soon as you see it, you're going to fix it. Takes two seconds right. to fix it, but anyway, absolutely. All right. Yeah. A uh, lot of talk every year about whether or not TNT is going to renew the librarians. And, you know, even though it's numbers go down each season, which, you know, that's a detail that that's not unusual for most shows. And uh, I I think what happens is the core audience stays and you're not really bringing in a whole lot of new audiences at, at, or a lot of new audience members at that point. Now, T. Well, right. Well, it's like, for example, last night, I went to rewatch uh, this episode, and my wife was like, uh, "You know, I'd really, t- I'm really tired, or I'd watch it with you." And I'm like, "Well, you wouldn't understand what was going on anyway, really. You know, like, I mean, you kind of do because the episodes are self-contained, but so much, it, uh, there's so much backstory involved here now that it'd be tough to just." jump in uh, you know at, at this point right oh, oh absolutely and you know just to also put it in some further perspective tnt's top show major crimes ended its run and the top show is now the alienist which is in its first season and drawing an average of about 1.8 million viewers next is the last ship at 1.5 million 
and it's already been renewed for a fifth season. And then comes the librarians at, at about, you know, 1.45 million. So, you know, it, as far as TNT's scripted shows, even though its numbers are going down each season, it, it's, you know, still among their top shows. And, yeah, and there's still over a million people watching for crying well, out loud. Well, yeah. And uh, the librarian, you know, it's TNT's third most watched show uh, of the scripted dramas it's, it has. And it does real well on live plus seven numbers where it doubles its viewership in the 18 to 49 demographic. And of all cable shows, it's got the 12th highest overall viewership uh, bump among cable shows. So, you know, I think it's looking good. But I also read something that TNT wants to kind of rebrand itself as an edgier network. And mm-hmm. if that's the case, I hope they can see the value that a show like The Librarians has and, and not, you know, bump it just because it's not edgy. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I think, the, I, again, I am absolutely no expert in TV numbers, but it would seem the numbers are, you know, pretty good. The numbers don't lie. I guess that would be the bottom line, I would think, you know. Well, tell that to sci-fi, but. Uh, dark yeah, matter. True. That's another story. All right. Well, anyway, yeah. as always, Wayne and I want to remind you, we'd love to hear from you about maybe your thoughts on librarians renewals, sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. Go to the website, leave us a voicemail on the leave voicemail tab, record your own. If you want tweet us at sci-fi TV rewatch, but as always, we'd encourage you to consider joining the Facebook group and join the discussions there. So, um, so episode 407 the librarians oh, oh you, we're not gonna do pick of the week oh all right let's go ahead again you know i guess we haven't I, been consistent or i haven't been consistent so right. all right what do you got well i just got a really good one i want to talk about okay just real quick not really talk about it. you probably haven't seen it but it's a netflix show it's not a genre show but it's called uh, Babylon Berlin. Oh. I don't know if you've seen well, it. Well, I haven't seen it's it. Awesome. Mary has it on her my list. And the problem we have is her Tell, damn my list it. is like 85. Right. It takes us a freaking hour to get through her list. <laughs> I wish I was exaggerating. Uh, bump it to the top. <laughs> I, I think I think you'll like it. Right. It is really, really good. Ah, cool. It's another, it's a, like dark. It's a German show. So, you know, you got a monkey with the subtitles. If you want, you can, you know, you can watch it dubbed or you can watch it with subtitled. It's just awesome. You know, Weimar, Germany, 1929, um, you know, uh, cop trying to, you know, kind of bucking the system, investigating, double dealings, Marxist, fascist, people trying to bring back the Kaiser. Wow. The Russians are involved. It's it's insane, but it's so good, and the the central human story of it is so great. I, I can't. It's highly highly recommended. All right. Well, it, I just started kind of on a lark because it looked kind of good. I'm like, all right, I'll watch maybe episode one, see how it is. I was like hooked right away. All right. Well, am I a bad human being if I hold off telling my wife what you said because I'm three episodes behind on Counterpart? So. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, anyway, what, well, you mentioned that show, uh, a, a show we just watched, and it's really just three episodes. It was a, I'm not sure if it was BBC or ITV. I, I know it says there, but it's on Netflix right now. And it's just three episodes. It's called Jamaica Inn. And what drew us to it is that the lead actress was in Downton Abbey, which I know you 
didn't watch, but I know that Michael and his wife really liked it. So I shot him a Facebook message today that, hey, if you're looking for a show, Jamaica Inn, it's sort of like 19th century cyberpunk without the technology. So, but it, it follows, okay. uh, you know, a young woman who's orphaned and sent to live with her aunt whom she's never met and turns out that they're all a bunch of smugglers and just really despicable people and she gets caught up in the whole thing but really good if you're into period stuff so jamaica in it's on netflix only three episodes right all right and uh, just the other day saw uh netflix is has announced uh the new jessica jones coming up in march oh that's right cool yeah looking forward to that all right well yeah yeah yeah, definitely librarians and the disenchanted forest episode 407 written by nicole ranadive and gary rosen and for uh, nicole ranadive she wrote uh, episode 403 librarians and the christmas thief Uh, she also wrote 308 with kate rorick which was librarians and the eternal question and gary rosen wrote 402 the steel of fortune which i have ranked dead last on my season four librarians <laughs> episode list so right yeah yeah i can't see it moving out of that spot directed by dean devlin and aired january 3rd 2018 now the other interesting thing i i found about this episode which i liked a lot is that in terms of viewers it's the lowest rated episode not of season four of the entire librarians series really at only 1.25 million viewers so i don't know if people had you know holiday hangovers because it aired january 3rd <laughs> I, and, and i don't yeah even, january 3rd and i right? don't mean it's alcoholic hangovers just the you know hustle and bustle and trying to be in three places at the same time you know the way the holidays often demands of us but for yeah. whatever reason there it is but like I said, I like this. I love the cold open where we're jump right in. Eve's telling the others that Flynn's gone. He's not coming back. And then Jones immediately speculates that he left with Nicole. <laughs> I love Cassandra. It's like, why would you say that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, because he doesn't have a, uh, doesn't have a monitor. Well he, yeah. well, he doesn't. And then Stone jumps in. He thinks he left because of Nicole and what the library did to her, which, you know, certainly makes a little bit more sense and is certainly a, a little bit more, uh, you know, understanding of Eve's feelings. But then she tells them about Darrington Dare's advice. And I love the looks on their face because they realize two more need to resign. And, you know, that whole discussion that that Flynn did the honorable thing by bowing out now do we know that's why he did it well that's kind of doubtful because he sees himself as the librarian and yeah well we just we we don't know what happened with flynn at all right Right. and so like they're just jumping to assumptions here now obviously it does look like he just pieced out but like he didn't even leave a note like that doesn't seem like and we know flynn's impulsive and everything but to just roll out and resign like like they're assuming he resigned as a librarian and that's like yeah i don't i don't know if you know like that's that's like a kind of a jump you know like you'd think he would leave an actual letter or something or at least tell someone and not just roll out you know i don't know but you know so i i, I said before like that 
I think Darrington Dare's concerns were a bunch of crap. He, he didn't know what he was talking about. He, you know, like he's just basing it as I think what did uh, you know Jenkins called him like paranoid, right? Like sure, and, and archaic. I believe were the words. So you know, like for them to put so much you know credence in in what Dare said, I just can't believe that they would do that and for with all they've been through with all the times they've worked together and and they've done everything together as a team and obviously that's like what this episode's all about that they would fight to you know or, or resort to infighting and squabbling about who should be the one librarian just it's like come on guys you're better than this well right like, we don't have anything in writing as you mentioned and he left his ring and they, as you said, they've jumped to the conclusion that he resigned. Now, did he say something to Jenkins? Well, it doesn't appear that way, or you know, at least Jenkins isn't letting on. But he, daring to dare, based all this, at least as we understand, on one incident with two brothers, right? And right. and now you yeah. you've laid that out for everybody. So, be that as it may, Jones tells them they should just quit, and he should be the one. Tr- librarian and and and, you know the interesting thing obviously this episode is is about teamwork but and it's about a lot of things which is one of the reasons i i really like this episode a lot and certainly leadership is one cassandra and her pranks is another uh uh, stone and his uh, you know attempt to have a relationship and despite jones at the beginning here, we, we see Jones as an adult, and he even brings that up. We yeah. get the return of Dosa, yeah. and, and then Jenkins, and and I'm going to hold off that in, until the end because he says something that I think is really, uh, really meaningful in, in the broad scope of things. But you know, the whole idea about the leadership, you know, because right from the beginning they start arguing about who should be the one librarian. Um, you know, Eve won't admit that Flynn's leaving really bothers her. So she does what I think makes sense is throws herself into the work, takes him to a team building camp about how to be a winning organization. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a great idea. I think, you know, well, that is, I think probably one of the healthier ways to deal with uh, depression is to, you know, get to work, you know, and work through it instead of uh, lying around in your pajamas and watching old episodes of the honeymooners or something. Right. Um, you know, let's do something proactive. Let's turn this negative energy into a positive energy. And I'm very much all about that. I like that a lot. Yeah. And, and, you know, at this point, I mean, we learn it a few minutes later, but we don't really know that, that her doing this was predicated by the clipping book because she was just based on, you know, we, we find out it was based on the articles. But uh, but the other thing on leadership, we've got that one scene where Cassandra and Ezekiel are trying to get the director one-on-one to give Eve and Stone some time to go through his office. And, of course, that was a, a, just a wonderful scene where, uh, you know, she's so caught up. Is there really a movie called Bandcamp? I meant to look that up. I don't know, but I, I think it's just kind of like a reference to the American Pie movies. Okay. Um, well, if there isn't, there probably should be. But oh well, the, I mean, well actually, you know, there, one of the American Pie movies is called Bandcamp. Oh, okay. Although I'm, I think, 
number three or four. I don't know. I mean, I never like actually saw it. And everyone out there is probably saying, yeah, right. I haven't, but I, I know it exists. Yeah. But, you know, she finds out that, you know, this was a government run camp, whatever that means. And then we hear that phrase, a no go area. And that's when Stone starts having those inner ear issues. And she calls him out on the female counselor who, you know, we'll talk about in, in a few minutes. But then he tells her, maybe we forgot that we're individuals and tells her that she's trying to fill a void because Flynn left. And, and you know, this whole opening up, I mean, that's, I, I really think, and we've talked about this, you know, is Stone the leader of the three? Well, not really. In a way, Eve really is their leader. I mean, she is the guardian, but but she really right. does take charge. And just, you know, her ability to open up to him, I think, is really meaningful. And from a leadership perspective, it really just has to, I think, solidify any confidence that they have in her, which, you know, that almost the way I said that implies that they were losing confidence, which I don't think is true right, at right. all. Well, I, yeah, I think the what really we're supposed to big, have the big takeaway from this episode is that there is no one librarian. They are all, they, they together are like, they're like Voltron, right? Uh, they come together to form the ultimate librarian, but they're only as good as the, the sum of the whole, right? Yeah. Like take a part away and they are much weaker. Um, and, you know, it's all of them working together. They all have different skills. Like, you know, it's like, like kind of like leverage, you know, where, uh, which I know you haven't seen, but, you know, each person in the team brings something to the table that is significant. And, um, you know, so take away a team member, the team just isn't as good, isn't as strong. Yeah. And I find it fascinating that, uh, you know, Eve tells them, you know, that they're going to this camp, but we're not going to just investigate. We're going to participate. So it's, you know, she really sees it as an opportunity to bring the team together because she knows that, you know, Dare's opinion about this has to cause concern among the three because I think the fear among those three would be, what if I'm the one they kick out? Not not, not right. that I want to be the librarian. I just want to be part of the team. So I think she senses that that this is really the perfect scenario, that there is something going on here, and it's a team-building situation. Right. And I think, like I said, I don't, you know, someone just for someone to step in, as Jenkins did before, but is it now to just say, listen, I, I don't agree with what he said. He's basing it on something that happened ages ago. And that's not you guys. You guys are a completely different thing. And look at how you work together and, and what you are and what you mean to each other. You know, there's not really rivalries between you. Yeah, I mean, like they're maybe little, are little, you see them getting a little squabble about, well, I should be a librarian or I should be a librarian. But, you know, honestly, like if they really look at it and they see, you know, to understand that, that they aren't like that, they, they aren't interested in breaking up the team and that they all work together really well. Yeah. Now, were you surprised how excited Cassandra was? <laughs> not at all. She's never been to camp. That was not a surprise, but the right. whole pranking thing, you know, on, <laughs> on the one hand, it was silly. On the other hand, I, I love it because 
I mean, we know how excited she gets about Christmas and decorating and yeah. and presents and holidays and things like that. So it shouldn't come as any surprise here. But the fact that she's only pranking Jones, I mean, on the bus, that was where she put the shaving cream on his nose. Or no, no, she, she, on his hand. And yeah, on his hand. His nose. And scratches his yeah. nose, right. Yeah. But then I forget what the next prank was, but he... he she gave him like a sleeping pill and then put him on out the raft. the raft in the middle of the And it's pond. like, really, Cassandra? At this point, am I the only adult? And again, we see that a couple of times, you know, in this episode, because, uh, you know, like you said, he wakes to find himself on the raft and he says, what the hell's the matter with you? And, <laughs> and, and again, she comes up, well, it was just a minor magic sleeping potion and he really confronts her. And I mean, look, Jones is angry, but Jones angry isn't, you know, I mean, he's not over the top, but you've never lived in the real world. You have no idea what normal people like. And on the one hand, I think it's a reality check that she needs. He tells her, you've only experienced everyday life through fiction, you know, films and books. And I'm glad it came from Ezekiel because I think the fact that it comes from him maybe will be easier for her to process down the road. I mean, it's not as if her, him saying this seemed to crush her or anything because she just kept going. Well, well right. Well, so, it, but it, I, there, there was that possibility there because even I'm like, wow, that is harsh because, okay, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, can't pranks, that, that, that's a thing. It's not made. Yeah, it's in movies, but it's in movies because it's a thing. Right? Sure, like everyone's been to camp has pranked someone, and so Ezekiel is obviously annoyed. I mean, like you wake up and you fall in the water, you're gonna be pissed. Um, so, but I thought, yeah, like some, he like maybe a little bit more compassion here and realizing that, well, yeah, of course she hasn't lived in the real world. She's been sheltered almost her entire life, and now she's finally getting to experience life. So, give her a little slack if she goes a little overboard, right? right? Like it's been a long time, and she's hasn't. She's wanted to do all these things her whole life, and now she finally has a chance. Um, so he yells at her, and you think, "Wow, that's really harsh." But then he, there's a pratfall, right? He falls back in the water. Cassandra laughs again. And you're like, "It's okay," you know? Yeah, like, exactly. They could have had the reaction shot of seeing her crying or something. It would have really hit home. But instead, he falls in the water. She laughs again. So it kind of like. It's all it's all okay and it's fine. Yeah, and, and I mean, to a certain extent, the library has been a cushion for her and, and kind of holds her back from experiencing the real world, if sure. you will, because of the world you know in which they're forced to live as librarians. So, right, you she know, can't I, go out I on think, a date, like, you know. Well, right, right, and you know, uh, speaking of dates, uh, you know, Stone. Uh, you know, he's maybe more front and center than than anybody in this episode, although I think they really did a good job of bringing everybody into the mix. And the theme of the camp is personality unity. And it got me to thinking because at first I was considering, all right, what the hell does that even mean? But in this case, we've got four distinct five if you count Flynn, six if you count Jenkins, really distinct 
disparate personalities that work together. And, you know, the whole idea of the unity is to to function as this well-oiled machine. And, and they already do function pretty darn well. But, you know, because of D.A.R.E., as we keep saying, you know, there are questions coming up. Right. I, but, I, you know, you think it would be a question. Well, here's where I, I don't think that they're really necessarily taking D.A.R.E.'s warnings 100% seriously. Because if they did... They'd be super suspicious of one another all the time. They wouldn't be able to go to a camp and act as a team because they would just be kind of looking over their shoulder the whole time, right? Yeah. Like, if you think the other two are going to try and – or, I'm sorry, if – yeah, if you think the other two librarians are going to try and squeeze you out somehow, then you're going to be paranoid, right? But there's no element of paranoia. There's no, you know, animosity. They They go on and they – act like a team still as, as a group. So, um, you know, while I, I think it's maybe kind of in the back of their minds, I don't really think they put a hundred percent ton of credence into it, or at least like Eve, they're able to just put it aside and say, okay, well, let's do the work and, and not right. worry about this issue right now. Right. And for them, they just found out about it. You know, she certainly had some, some time to process it, I suppose, but I, I, I love, this, the camp director, Robbie Bender, he's speaking, yeah, I, I guess, his introductory speech and Stone's, you know, arms crossed, disinterested until he sees that female counselor, the right. creativity counselor. <laughs> you almost and, like thought they'd start playing like Dreamweaver, you know, like the <laughs> nice. disco lights show and everything. You know, like. <laughs> if you're a new listener, you probably haven't heard Wayne sing on the podcast. <laughs> oh, that's so, right. you know, we'll, we'll have to pick our spots. He, you know, maybe I haven't, you know, really put a line out there for him to jump on, but uh, yeah, maybe I'll work on something there. But uh, okay. so Stone goes to that creativity seminar run by the cute counselor. They go for a walk, start talking poetry, Thomas Decker. But you know what? And in the big picture, it's not important. But I love the fact that she admits, no, not really Thomas Decker. I'm a Beatles fan, and I learned that they, you know, based some of their songs on, you know, which is just one of those things that I think we all do when we're on the internet, and it's like, how the heck did I get here? I was looking this up. (laughs) fell down the hole. And and again, you know, whether it's that, hey, I I found Alias because I knew J.J. Abrams from Lost, and you know same thing so i so i love that little detail even though it's really not that important yeah. but she asks him if he believes in magic do Actually, you believe do. in magic there we go new there listeners go. <laughs> so you know we get a little bit of flirtation but we also hear there's a little bit of conflict about the camp's planned expansion and that's kind of going on in the background and again i don't know that that really ends up playing a big role it doesn't really in, play any role I, th- I think it was just a red herring to yeah. try and sus- get you to suspect robbie for a little bit okay uh, how, can you, how say, can you suspect a guy who looks like joe flacco you know well good point exactly <laughs> um i guess we have to say stone is stalking the counselor as she's photographing yeah. something we don't well, know you could only say that because he is <laughs> exactly so they end up checking out the trees together but about his believing magic 
And again, I love the fact that she says, well, is that true? Or were you just flirting? And, you know, she opens up, she's a reporter. She got fired. And I love his expression as she's explaining everything she's learned, because we know as Jake Stone knows, damn, yeah, she's put a lot together here. Yeah. Yeah. She definitely, yeah, absolutely. Well, and, I mean, and also he's was, you know, just a moment ago thinking I got a chance with this girl. And now he's like, uh, nope. <laughs> no, if I can definitely not be with this girl at all. Well, you don't know what he's thinking at that point. I mean, ultimately, that's obviously the conclusion that he comes to. But at this point, he's got to decide whether to help her recover her reputation by telling her, you know, what she knows is actually true. And of course, that becomes pretty important in the epilogue. Right. But, you know, he he goes to see her and and we're thinking, all right, what's he going to tell her? He wants to be honest. And then that splinter reacts, and before he can say anything, he gets wrapped up in the vine that ushers him away. And we'll talk a little bit about the, you know, the actual uh, case that they're on in a second. But Jones, as the adult, <laughs> Eve tells them it's not about winning; it's about the process. And of course, we know as soon as the words come out of her mouth, yeah, well, that's okay as long as we win. Well, well that, that was a great line. She's like. Don't you care about winning? And Cassie says, I thought you said it wasn't about winning. She's like, it's not. It's about caring. <laughs> you yeah, know, good. which is like, yep. but like, like she wants him to care, but she wants him to win though too. You know, like you can see that, uh, that competitive streak in her, which is like all of well, them. Well, right. And, and they come in second to the Helmage group, the, the green team. And, and right away we were thinking like, all right, what's up with these guys? But they're yeah. so focused on that. Jones reminds them they're here to solve a mystery, and he actually says the words, when did I become the adult? Yeah, And that is something that comes out of Jones that, hey, guys, remember what we're here for. Right, And he does it a couple times. So aside from the, you know, being pranked by Cassandra and and trying to explain to her that that's not funny, I mean, it was, it might have been funny if we were 13 or 14, but- you know, you know, worth 30 or whatever they are. So, yeah. So, um, so you know, you mentioned about Dosa, which I, th- I thought was funny because I actually just finished uh, rereading The Princess Bride by um, William Goldman, who all he did the uh, screenplay for Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And there's really? that line. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's as they're being chased, they keep looking back, and every time they try to lose the uh, the law guys that are chasing them, they realize that you know they 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 are unable to, and they just keep saying, "Who are these guys?" Right? And uh, and Eve actually says that during the the, uh, the episode, she's when, trying to figure out who Dosa. She says, "Who are these guys?" I'm just like, ah. It's just so well, funny well, that she said that right as I'm like reading The Princess Bride. You know, so. Well, nice because, you know, she breaks into their cabin and the first thing she sees are all these military grade cases. And it turns out they have motion detectors. They know who she is. And then we cut to a commercial. But, you know, we learn their dosa and, and probably the funniest scene in the entire episode. Yeah. Uh, the one guy, I forget, you know, the guy that's the leader. It's like, we are so sick about hearing how great Colonel Eve Baird is. Eve Baird would have done it this way. Eve Baird wouldn't have done that. Eve Baird wouldn't have crashed the whatever into the, into into the, the swamp. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that was but, funny. Yeah. Well, and but, then he's like, she's like, so what do you know? He's like, well, wh- of course we know that. Just why don't you tell us what you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. right. And, and so. they've been there three months and they don't know anything, really. I mean, they, it turns out that they do. But again, it got me to thinking, and, and I know we have five episodes to go, but is one appearance by Dosa in a season enough? I don't think it is. Now, maybe we're going to see them, and you don't have to tell me. Hopefully, we will. And I get that we can't see them every week or every other week or maybe even every third week, but I I certainly think it's a cool enough uh, side story to, to, you know, maybe see three times during a, you know, 10 or 12 episode season. Right. And I think you nail it right there is 10, 12 episode season, and they have so much to get into that season. They have to spend, you know, I mean, you think that's that's like a lot of time, and it it is kind of. But when you're an ambitious show like the Librarians, you know you don't. That's not a lot of time to develop characters and develop an overall plot against a big baddie. Then you know, like something to conquer for the season. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff going on here that probably you know. I would dare say there's you know Dosa scenes that end up on the floor of the of the editing room. You know. Yeah, you're probably right. Go ahead. I was just saying because they're great. You know, like like there was – granted, they, they have moved from being like – you know, they're the big bad for a little bit there. And now they're kind of comic relief. But, you know, you're right. It's it's a really cool relationship. And also, you know, when they get to be funny like this, I mean, it was hilarious. It was, like As you said, by far the, the funniest scene in the episode was, you know, that one with Dosa. Right. And – what happens, you mentioned that we previously saw them as the big bad and antagonist, and yet here, and maybe it's the nature of the episode that they're at this team-building camp, but Eve even says, look, we need to work together. We're on the same side. And we've previously seen Dosa as somebody that really is not on the librarian side, that that really doesn't have its best interests at heart. And yeah, so I, I found that pretty interesting as well. Now, whether that's going to I forget what's what's the general's name and I can never remember the I, actress's name either. Well Vanessa Williams was but, the actress. Uh, oh Vanessa Williams, right, right, right. No, I, I can't remember what her name so, was, so Yeah. Now now the, the last thing before we talk about, you know, some of the details of the actual case, Jenkins is sick and he mentions that he'd never been sick before. And he says, how do you mortals? And then he catches himself. He says, how do us mortals deal with being mortal? And you know what he means, but I, I just thought it was a great philosophical question. You know, how do you cope with being human? You know, I mean, with everything you have to experience and yet these people have an even more difficult job. How do you, regular people deal with being librarians? And obviously, a lot of that comes out in this episode as well. So, so are we to take it that Jenkins has never pooped? What? <laughs> Doesn't he say that? I think he may have. I like he like I, I rewound it a couple times. He he says it really kind of silent, but I think he's like, you know, how do you deal with like being sick? Like like he names a bunch of things, and the last he says. Is and to poop or something like that. Like, oh, you never pooped before, Jenkins? Dang. Yeah. So, Man, being, All right. be, well, being immortal is harsh. 
Right. And, you know, so coming out of this episode, uh, and, and the librarians has been doing this a lot this season, which I really like, is that, you know, the episode we're looking at immediately calls back to the previous episode and, and you know, picks up from there. So, I mean, certainly, you know, Stone has to really, you know, grapple with the fact that I'm not going to have a relationship as long as I'm a librarian and I want to be a librarian. And Cassandra, you know, that, okay, I'm going to have to, you know, figure things out if I'm going to work with these people, you know, because I don't have the life experiences that they have. And, and Jones, again, I think he's so fascinating because he is maturing, but he's still Jones. He's still Ezekiel Jones. And there's just, there's such a charm to that character. Yeah, absolutely. But but the, the investigation itself, I mean, uh, we overhear the counselor talking to Sally, who is uh, the guy's number two, that one of the groups just disappeared. <laughs> and, and she says, no one sees them leave. They just disappear. And we find out it's happened dozens of times. And Jones is listening. So, you know, he, he gets a sense of what's going on and why the clipping book sent them there. All right, so what were you laughing at? You said number two. (laughs) All right. Anyway. (laughs) Well, you're the one that, never mind. Yeah. yeah. All right. right. So Stone gets that splinter and then discovers that small camera with footage of a camper's disappearance. It's a GoPro, man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jones finds the briefcase in the lake. And of course, at this point, we're asking, okay, why these people... Who's making them disappear? And and what I thought was really cool is that idea that it's nature reacting to save itself. Right. You know, because we always talk about man and his impact on nature, and it's, for the most part, usually pretty negative. So I, I love the fact that nature is, you know, fending for itself here. Yeah, absolutely. And, again, you know, kind of like the Doctor Who Christmas episode where there's not really a bad, like we're... You know, tracking down this lead, looking for the bad guy. And it turns out, well, there is no bad guy, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Because what what the trees are really doing is just trying to, you know, preserve itself and 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 of course the the forest. And uh, you, we we learn that people have been vanishing for a hundred years. Now we never really find out. Somebody says that Bender, the the you know the camp director, is an immortal. I don't know that we ever Did, get uh, any verification yeah, on, I didn't, on that. I didn't catch that. Okay. I think maybe that but, was maybe they were thinking that maybe, right? Maybe that was Yeah. Okay, but yeah, that's obviously right. not the case. Right, but we learn that there's a central tree, a grandfather tree, and Jenkins is talking them through on an iPad all the while the counselor is listening and and I don't know that she's put two and two together yet, but uh you know the the confrontation that they have with Bender, and, and we believe him immediately when he says he really doesn't know anything about what's going on. He just knows that stuff's going on, and and okay, should he have you know hidden the briefcase? And, and no, of course not. But right, well, he, he says, "I was trying to cover up. What else was I supposed to do?" It's like, um, not cover up, maybe. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like that's right. where I would start with. Like you probably should not have been trying to cover up people disappearing. 
Right. Now, on the other hand, it, it, it was really cool. We, we, we see that map of the Devil's Forest, which was drawn up by the Lewis and Clark expedition. But the fact that Dosa has been there, I, I, I guess we could argue that, well, you know, maybe you should have showed your hand a little earlier to the director and maybe you guys could have worked together. But again, they're trying to locate the tree and Cassie does her hand waving thing. And again, I thought it looked really cool. I, I, I think they've been really using it judiciously this season. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I really loved it. I, I think visually it looks better every time they do it. And not that it ever didn't look good, but it's just really, really cool now. But when we learn that, you know, when we see stone embedded in that tree and the voice don't cut down the tree and it's a tough call eve's got the you know the star wars yeah, the uh, lightsaber chainsaw, chainsaw right <laughs> and she's ready to do it uh, but- speaking of star wars like you see how jacob is in the tree he looks just like han solo frozen in carbon oh good point yeah all right so all kinds of star wars stuff going on yeah but then it gets to a point where Tree Stone has to, you know, convince Eve he is who he says he is. And, and I love when he tells her, you've got nothing to prove to us because we know, it, you know, it goes back to Flynn leaving. Well, why did he leave? I must have done something. Well, hopefully she can intellectualize the fact that she didn't do anything to make him leave. Whatever made him leave, whether it was guilt over, you know, what happened to Nicole being in prison, we don't know that. But but I just she needed to hear that from one of them, and and I think really it it was probably best coming from Stone. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I guess we kind of, I I guess when when Stone is in some kind of peril. We're not quite as worried because I don't know. I guess maybe feel like he is probably out of the the three of them, the the one who's best able to handle himself in in a perilous situation, except for maybe Flynn. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know he knows that the trees needed a voice, and, and I think he says they they reached out for ambassadors and they found the perfect one in him because of his vast knowledge of. Uh, dialects and all that but but we learn it's all about keeping the zero seed safe where better to keep it safe than than the library library, of course yep and and then i love dosa steps up hey area 51 status in perpetuity per general rockwell so you know everything's Ah, that's it rockwell yeah i know i had that in my notes um (laughs) and then when all the missing people from the different ages are released and start appearing like that was pretty cool as well yeah except like that one the the spanish conquistador kind of like guy like man he's really going to be confused (laughs) yeah no question (laughs) but uh, we so we get to the epilogue and the camp's been signed over to dosa librarians have become a team again and stone as i know we hoped he would do takes her to the library and just like Cassandra, the library is real. I knew it. 
Yeah, but you can't tell yeah, anybody. You can't tell anyone. So really, is the question? My question is: Is that better or not? Because I think to some degree, that's not super helpful. I mean, yeah, she knows she's not crazy, but on the other hand, she can't tell anyone. She, you know, she's got to, you know, like she she won't get her job back or anything. Well, I understand that, and and it's not that she can't get another job somewhere. I mean, it, and it she just lost her be- job at the camp. Well, because the camp's not going to be there anymore, right? Well, I understand that, but she was at the camp because you know it was a, a means to an end as a reporter, right? The, you know that's what led her yeah. there. So, I mean, I, I think she'll be able to get a job as a reporter somewhere else. So, we come back to the question: you know, is it important for you to be able to tell somebody what you know, or should it be enough to just know it? And, and I guess I feel like what Stone did was what I would hope somebody would do with me. That, you know, you were right. Here it is. You can't tell anybody, but, you know, you know. And then he, of course, says, we'll always have the library, which, what's that a movie reference? I know. I can't remember what. It's what Casablanca. It we'll, yeah, there we go. We'll, we'll always have, have Paris. Right. So, Come on, Dave. I know. Was terrible. Well, I knew it was a movie reference. That's got to count for something. That's true. That's got but, you, you uh, get the quarter credit. Yeah, but I, I think for him, it was, you know, he now realizes, as perhaps they all do, but I think Jake Stone more than anybody in, in this episode realizes that this is my life. He says this is my destiny, and you know, it's you know, I, I, am I going to meet anybody better than you? And have a relationship, well, you know, obviously that's debatable, but, you know, I mean, she's cute, she's smart, you know, they like each other, but it's just not, it just can't be. So I, I like what he did, but I, but I get what you're saying, and, and I certainly can see that. You know, well, that no, I'm not well. saying it's necessarily wrong. It's just, I think there's, you know, it's not a clear cut good thing that he did. Yeah. Yeah. I was a little surprised that everybody else was cool with it. Although, do we see Jenkins in there when he brings her in there? I don't think we saw anyone in there, did we? Yeah, maybe not. So, But uh, anything else you want to bring up? Well, just one thing. Um, as they are competing, um, Eve says, one organism, hive mind. And I'm like... Oh. Yeah, right. Exactly right. Like anyone who's watched any sci-fi at all knows the terms hive mind. That's not a good thing. Yeah. No. So yeah, I think the most recent experience for me was with Agents of Shield. So yeah, exactly. It's usually a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. But so that's about it. Okay. Uh, so what are you going to give it grade wise? Uh, I think maybe a B plus. Okay. Just, I'm going A minus. Okay. Yeah, we're we're in the same area there. Okay. Yeah. Um I liked it. I I loved the bit with uh examining them becoming a team and and uh Jacob, you know, realizing his inability to have a uh, you know, a relationship outside the library. But um I don't know. I I I uh I can't really quite put my finger on why I'm not giving it an A. Okay. So. I mean, I like the fact that that Jones is slowly maturing and that that he really is the one that that 
tries to get them back on task, which is figuring out what's going on here, even though we know there's a lot of other things going on as well. I mean, it's not just about solving the crime. It's, it's as you said, it's about Jake figuring out what he wants to do with the rest of his life. It's, it's about Eve coming to terms with the fact that, you know, this is not my fault. You know, I don't define myself by Flynn. So that said, I, I, I'm going to go with the A minus. You got the B plus. Yep. Uh, not not that far apart. So, yeah. all right. Well, we'll leave it there. And I want to thank you guys for joining us. Love to hear what you think about anything that's going on in genre TV. There's a lot out there for sure. And and of course, the librarians encourage you to join the Facebook group. Share your thoughts with the Sci-Fi TV Rewatch community. And if you're already a member, spread the word. Emails to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at gmail.com voicemails can go via the speak pipe tab which you can get through the website and we'll be back next week to talk about season four episode eight of the librarians titled the librarians and the hidden sanctuary but until then you know dave after like four of the last or three of the last four weekends being on the road with taking kids to hockey tournaments or having early morning hockey games I think uh, not this weekend because we've got one more tournament to go but the weekend after that I think I'm going to meet the challenge this weekend getting as much sleep as possible <laughs>